You're listening to episode 214 of the FitzPro podcast, and today I am going to be recapping one month since coming back to Instagram after my eight-week break that I took from Instagram to do YouTube things and some other back-end stuff in my business. And I was going to create this episode regardless of if coming back to Instagram was uneventful or whether it was eventful. So today I'm just going over my approach to Instagram, what I did over the last month, the results that it gave me, trends that I saw, and what my plan is moving forward. So really I'm just pulling back the curtain on all things Instagram and currently what I'm doing. If that applies to you, without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs aka not your average fitspo and my aim is to help you grow your mind body and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a fitspo if you happen to be a online health and fitness professional or you would like to be, maybe you're in person and you want to transfer online, one, check out my YouTube video that I just dropped on how to transition into the online space. If you are a personal trainer or you work in person with health and fitness in some way, shape or form, but also check out my free workshop. It's called Your Biz Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business. You can go to the show notes for the link or just head over to anniemiller.co backslash workshop dash register. So this is going to be a very off the cuff episode. I have some numbers in front of me that I have gathered from Instagram and hopefully it will be off the cuff, but organized enough for you to actually get some takeaways from this episode. I first off, I sent this to my email list. I took a 50% revenue cut for the eight weeks that I was off Instagram. Now that was still needed. I don't regret it. I think it was the best decision. I really actually found it interesting. So I was not in need of that revenue. I was able to just make this decision and kind of see what happened and just observe the results, which was really enjoyable for me to see that, yes, my business still very much so requires me to be on Instagram and that's okay. I enjoy Instagram. I ventured into the Facebook ads space back in 2021 and 2022 in order to see if I could move away from having to be kind of live on Instagram and It did not work for my business. I have a two-part podcast series on that. Go listen to it. I do not know the podcast numbers. I want to say something like 182 and 183, but it is a two-part series on how I lost $80,000 through doing a year of Facebook ads. So fun times. Go learn from my mistakes. So in that 50% revenue cut, it came from a few things. I want to give context to you know, I don't make money from directly being on Instagram. So where did the 50% revenue cut come from across those two months? It came from a lack of exposure. There is so much truth to the fact that when you are just in front of people, you are front of mind. They're thinking about you. They're hearing about your offers. They're being exposed to your approach, your philosophy, your client case studies, whatever it is that you're sharing with them. So even if you aren't directly selling to people, It is so valuable to just be in front of them in some capacity on a daily 
occurrence. And that is one of the reasons that Instagram is the goat when it comes to profitability for new business owners. You don't get that on any other app. So there was also a lack of plugging actual offers in stories, so direct sales. And also I want to add that I was not launching anything in either of those months. I believe we wrapped up a Built by Annie launch at the beginning of May, but for the remainder of May and June, my business was just coasting. I was not actively selling anything across email, across social media. So obviously the income that I had was more of like a baseline income, not from any large cash injections happening in my business. So perhaps if I was to take an eight week break, but be really marketing to my email list, we would see a different a different thing happen, a different occurrence of events. So I wanted to make that clear and provide that context as well. And I mean, that may be something that I try in the future. I made more than May and June combined in the month of July. One, I was back on Instagram with structure and with a strategy. And two, I was in a launch of pure programming. So Again, that context kind of shows you a before and after of not being on Instagram, not being in active sales, and then being back on Instagram and optimizing that, capitalizing on that for a launch. It's going to give you very different numbers. My approach when I came back to Instagram was, and I want to make clear that uh, just because my business revenue changed, I make the same amount as an S-Corp. So I'm an LLC uh in the structure of an escort, meaning I make the same amount every month. I can take tax redistributions from my business on top of my salary as well. But what my business makes does not directly impact what I make per month. So keep that in mind as well. That is different if you are a sole prop and what your business is making is literally what you are making. Again, talk to your accountant. I'm not a legal, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an accountant. I'm not any of those things, all the disclaimers. So my new approach to Instagram when I came back, which was made ahead of time, is that I use for face to camera content, any educational little sound bites are coming from YouTube videos. I am no longer taking the time to sit and create a little baby script and do a face to camera video in my office, edit the video, add the captions in Final Cut Pro for Instagram. Not happening, not worth it for a piece of content that dies 24 hours later. That is the season that I am in. It was very worth it before this season, right? So my approach coming back is using YouTube and the reels from YouTube for education, driving people to YouTube or bringing awareness that I have a YouTube channel, even though the point of being on YouTube is to reach a new market. So I don't necessarily expect people to cross pollinate between platforms, but I do want to bring knowledge to the fact that if my Instagram followers want a more in-depth explanation or walkthrough of something that YouTube is a resource they have as well. It also adds to kind of sparking that curiosity. So the sound bites from YouTube are, they're a sound bite. They're not the whole 10 minute YouTube video. They're 15 seconds, they're 18 seconds, they're 30 seconds max. And so I want someone to hear that and then be like, wait, what? more does this bitch have to say about this? And the video that went viral was on the best training split for most people. And one of the reasons that it went viral on Instagram is because 
there was so much missing context. So I made my claim of what I think the best split is, but you need to go watch the YouTube video for the in-depth context and walkthrough as to why and how I came to that conclusion. So that was really fun to see from a data standpoint. Again, this is, I'm very much so in a throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like I have a strategy, but we are very much so observing that strategy and how it performs. We will make, I say we, it's me. I will make adjustments as I need. Um, Swipe graphics is something that I am leaning into for lack of a better term, either just stream of consciousness posts or statements like kind of power statements based on my philosophy, um, really easy to digest tips and tricks. Like for me, if you're not making a reel that is valuable, entertaining, whatever checks all the boxes, then carousel posts are the goat. When I think of posts that I share, when I think of posts that I see other people share, it is carousel posts. Uh, it used to be Twitter graphics. Now it's more like threads, thread graphics. Is that a thing? And then also for any reels that I do create for like face to camera video, it's off the cuff. I'm in my gym post-workout. I'm on a walk. I am not taking extra time in my day to sit down and create face to camera videos because that's taken care of by the YouTube content. But I do think there is still value to be provided in off the cuff face to camera video for sure. It feels more like a story. I can still edit it really quickly and cut out the ums and ahs and all of that. And then also we will talk about the fact that I caved in and am willing to use the captions app for captions if I absolutely need to, or just use captions from Instagram. I am not taking the time to create, you know, Final Cut Pro branded captions for those face to camera videos that will be on my YouTube video. And that makes sense because it is higher level content. I am also any other reels that I create are going to be just videos from my phone or professional B-roll with text over the top. If you go to my Instagram and look at my reels, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I make these in Canva. So I just use the nine by 16. I think if you go to like templates, you can choose Instagram story by with a video go to those. You can choose one if you want, or you can literally, I just pull in a video. You can trim the video however you want it. And then I pull in my on brand text, which is really nice that you can do that in Canva so that I do have my branded text and it is not from Instagram or captions. Um, I, I enjoy that personally. It's not making a difference likely in how the post is performing. That is just a personal preference. And those videos are, you know, a video of me lifting, a boomerang of my coffee steaming or pouring creamer into coffee or just the grass on my land, like blowing in the wind, right? These are not high quality videos. It's just providing a backdrop, a pleasant backdrop that makes sense for whatever statement, question, prompt, uh, philosophy, tips, whatever it is that I'm giving, the video makes sense as the backdrop for whatever I'm saying. This creates really short form content that performs very well. I couldn't deny it. When I looked at my data and I looked at my reels and what videos got me the most exposure, which for me is the point of reels for the most part, is to get new people into my audience. It was the simplest videos. It's literally just like point of view videos with a video of me lifting in my garage gym or a time-lapse of me recording a podcast with like a statement about how I built a, you know, six-figure and multi-six-figure health and fitness business without doing a single sales call. Like that's it. That's the post. And that 
performs very, very well. So why do more? Why do more, Annie? There's no need. Don't be silly. (laughs) So that is the approach I am taking. YouTube Reels for educational and curiosity-based reels. Uh, Swipe graphics for basically everything else. Or swipe photos. uh, That's like much more organic to the app. Off-the-cuff face-to-camera videos for reels if I use them with simple captions. uh, Or video B-roll with text over the top. That's kind of the four to five types of content that I am cycling through, excuse me. And I have that many because I am posting at a high frequency. So when I came back, I have passed data. In fact, one of the best performing blogs on my website is what posting two days per week, two days, (laughs) what posting twice per day on Instagram did for my brand. And that is undeniable data. And every time I do it, it works. So I went back to that. I said, okay, if I'm going to get on Instagram, I'm going to do it right. And I'm not going to get on and post one minute face to camera videos that I have to get ready for, that I have to sit down and write a little script for, that I have to then film, edit, and add text to. Heck to the no. We're going to post twice per day for four days per week. I'm still going to take my 48 hour break because mama needs it. And I'm going to post at a high frequency and a high volume because I want to grow. That is the purpose. I want to grow and bring awareness to my offers. That's why I am on Instagram when we get down to the nitty gritty. And I'm going to post content that is a very low barrier for me to create, but is still high value. That is where those swipe graphics for me, I can create them in my sleep. They perform well. I can write captions when I'm on a walk. I can write captions when I am warming up for my lifts. Like I rarely sit down to write captions. It's happening while I am likely in the bathtub, in the shower, walking with the baby in the stroller or walking on the treadmill. Like it is happening when something else is happening where my thoughts tend to be kind of creative and productive anyway, which again, shower, bath, anywhere with water, laying out in the sun or walking. In the 30 days that I have been back on Instagram, I have gained 1,433 followers. I have lost 459 for a net gain of 974. In 30 days is a bit of a lie because that is, I haven't finished the month. So I expect that I will probably hit that thousand followers, uh, net followers by the end of the month. And I will put that image in the show notes that you can see from my actual insights from Instagram. To be clear, that came from posting twice per day for a month since being back, but only four days per week. That's my favorite part personally. So yes, I am creating eight posts for the week, but for somebody that's posting every day, I'm only creating one more post and I don't have to be on the app every day. Posting twice a day for four days per week, that's eight posts. So it's almost the same as someone who's just posting every day. Some posts flopped, far fewer posts took off and went relatively viral, but they did take off. And that brought in the new humans. This is why high frequency and high volume posting does work, period. It's not arguable. Uh, More chances to be seen, more opportunity for growth. That's what this approach does for you. Now we can't post trash and grow. Like every post can't be a trash post and you expect growth. But we also can't fully predict what posts will and won't catch traction. I know that 
certain posts that I create have viral potential for my own brand just because of what I've seen repetitively in the past. Sometimes I'm correct. Sometimes it doesn't work out and I try the post again or I change the image or I do it in a reel instead of a carousel post. Like we're not married to these posts doing anything for us. It's all just a learning experience. And when you can commit to it in that way, it becomes a lot less emotional. But I will say that the, mo the more you post, the less connected you are to how each individual post does. I have seen this so, so often with my Instagram 101 clients and with my one-on-one -on -one business clients. Uh, for instance, I just had one of my business clients, which we ended, I ended all business clients in the month of July, which I absolutely loved them. I was with them for 12 months. It's the first group that I have taken all of them through one year, which was just a really cool experience, but I do not have the capacity any longer to take on one-on-one -on -one clients. So hopefully in 2024, I will be able to create something for kind of the mid-tier, like your one-on-one -on -one roster is full and you're looking to scale. How do you do that? Uh, what do you need to refine before you attempt to scale so we're not scaling on top of a foundation that's going to crumble, et cetera, et cetera. Like I've got some thoughts. I know there's a high demand. I get DMs all the time for working with me one-on-one -on -one in business and that just can't happen. So I want to create something for that demand that is more, not, maybe not fully hands-off anyway. I'm like verbally processing with you guys right now. Anyway, the business client. She went from five to 6,000 followers, I believe. She was in that range when we started together a year ago to 14,000 in our time together. I wanna make clear that it's not from some magic strategy of mine. I am not taking credit for that. But because she posted daily, every motherfucking day, and sometimes twice a day, and she got so, 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 so clear on what content she would create, both the, the topics of the content, but as well as the actual medium of the content, which is really, really important. So let me make clear that she rarely, if ever, makes reels. Her most popular posts are swipe graphics. So that is what she optimized. That is what she leaned into. That is what she said, screw it. I'm going to make Twitter graphics and swipe graphics. And I'm going to talk about what running shoes you should wear or how to cycle your running shoes because people eat that shit up. And she has that information. And so uh, just really looking at like what works and doing more of it. It is, it is quite that simple. I didn't say it's easy. I didn't say it doesn't take time. Like remember, this is 12 months of her going hard, very, very, very committed to Instagram. And I had a different business client who I ended with a year ago who had a very similar experience. And I would say that both of them, a common denominator is the clarity on their messaging, their philosophy, who they talk to, and just getting so good at how to deliver that information. Because again, when you're posting at a high frequency and a high volume, there's so many reps for you as the creator to become better and better and better at saying what it is that you want to say, at delivering your message. So that's another plus that comes from high frequency, high volume posting is it's not only opportunities for you to get in front of the right people, more people, get followers, etc. It's also just an opportunity for you to grow as an actual creator, which I think is so, so vital in the content creation space because content is king. On that note, 
I am spending less time on the app than ever, which praise baby Jesus and Mother Mary in a manger. Oh my goodness. That has been one of the other pluses of this approach, which might sound counterintuitive because you're like, Annie, you're posting twice a day, four days a week. How are you spending less time on the app? More creation equals more time in my brand messaging and my philosophy and my creativity and less time consuming because mama just doesn't have time to consume. I just don't get much from the consumption in this season either. I check the stories of my friends and some colleagues and that's about it. Having the reels cut from YouTube, let's be so honest, creates a hella less work for me. Which again, I am paying a pretty price for having that. There is always a trade-off, but that has been a game changer. And again, I mentioned in my like full behind the scenes of YouTube video, video podcast episode, that that is one of the reasons that YouTube was a hell yes for me is because it provides those two Instagram reels per week that I don't have to create that are high quality, both in the content and the actual production of the piece of content. So I just want to, I don't want to sleep on that, or I don't want to disregard that in any way, shape or form. Um, Using the captions app, like I said earlier, or just IG captions, whatever, like makes the most sense, whatever shows up the best and allows people to read how I want them to read whatever I'm saying. I would not use the caption app because it's so clear that everyone uses it and I hate doing what everybody else is doing and it's just so the same. Ugh, it irks me. What is the, What are the cool kids saying? It's ick. I don't even know how to use that. I made the decision to just use the captions app if I have an off-the-cuff face-to-camera video that I think would be good for a reel and I can quickly edit it I do not have the time, I have to remind myself, I do not have the time and it is not worth my time to type out on-brand captions in Final Cut Pro. It just literally does not make sense. It's asinine. For a piece of content that dies in 24 hours, it's a no, it's a hard no. So I said, okay, well, I want people to be able to, you know, read whatever I'm saying if they're not listening with sound. So bless the captions app. It's a resource I can use. So I used it and it was fine. Nothing happened. I didn't die. My brand didn't fall apart. It is something I will continue doing if I need to. For my future plans, the same thing I'm doing right now. It's working. It's not broken. We will refine as we go. At least two weeks before any launch, I will post twice per week. Oh my gosh. I keep saying that twice per day for four days per week. I will still take my 48 hours off. So I am not going to, for the foreseeable future, be posting twice a day. I will absolutely back off and take seasons of less on Instagram, but still, you know, keeping my presence there. But two weeks before a launch, two to four weeks before a launch, I might go up to a month. I will post twice per day for the four days that I am posting. I will still take my 48 hours off because it is sacred to me and I love it. I am currently recording this during that 48 hours off and I am so freaking productive in those 48 hours. It's just the best. I will continue using YouTube videos for two reels per week and I will continue leaning into carousel posts and really simple reels that are just a video with text over the top. That's what I'm doing. 
I'm enjoying it. Stories has not changed. I do the same thing in my stories. I share what I think is going to be helpful. It's very day to day. It's very in the moment. I do not plan what I'm going to do in my stories because I think that almost defeats the point of stories unless you're like in the middle of a launch and you are making a point to touch on X bullet points about your offer every day of your launch that's another story. So hopefully that was insightful for you. If anything, just to see what I'm doing on Instagram, I thought this was low-key going to be a quick episode. False. It is not. But again, I hope that it was helpful. I enjoyed going through the data because I could see things happening, but until I actually sat down and like got the objective data, it's all just assumptions and subjectivity, right? So really helpful to sit down and get the data. I will also say with the follower numbers, whatever, for whatever reason, I don't know if the algorithm changed or what, holy shit, were the creeps creeping. I had so many followers come in that were just not ideal clients. And I have a way of determining that. The handle, the photo, click on it, go to their profile, who else are they following? And I make that decision for myself to block people or to remove them from my following. Like unless you're a female or a male is fine. Uh, You know, if I can tell that the male is a trainer and he's in health and fitness, I'm like, whatever. Uh, But if not, I'm kind of like, what are you doing here? Can you be gone, please? You are not my ideal client. You are not a prospective client. No, thank you. And that is my right. And I love exercising it. So I actually brought in a lot more followers than that. And I have been blocking or removing at least 25 to 50 followers per day that are coming in. Again, I don't know why every once in a while that just happens. It's the same like when you have a bunch of bots kind of commenting on your posts. I don't know when and why that happens, but it just does from time to time. And I personally am still at a point that I can regulate that. And so I do as much as I can. I'm sure at the end of this month or, you know, sometime in August, I will go through and just kind of clean up my following because having a larger following does not help me if those people are not actually invested in and interacting with my content. So That is just a little tangent there at the end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give the show five stars, leave a written review, whether you listen on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever the heck it's called, Spotify, wherever you listen, whatever capacity you have, please do give the show a thumbs up, five stars, a written review. Until next time, this is Annie Miller, and thank you for listening to the Fitzpro Podcast. Podcast.